Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who came to work. Jimmy. Jimmy, back in action, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not laughing about fentanyl deaths. Joe Biden getting a good chuckle out of a mom who lost two sons to the drugs coming across our southern border. This guy's a serious ass. Really bad look for the president. Disgusting moment for the country. We're going to discuss it with Kevin Walling, who is a Democratic strategist who worked on Biden's campaign. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. You stop it. I love Kevin Walling. I love talking across the aisle. We're also going to be joined by Emily Campagno, who is, of course, the co-host of Outnumbered. And we're going to be joined by Diamond Dave Landau, who is weighing in on Hershey's new woke candy bar that is out today. Everything woke turns to Does it ever. 888-788-9910 is the phone number. If you want to be a part of this show, we don't care how you vote. We don't care what you believe. It's an old school talk show. I am not an activist. I am a talk show host, which means everyone's welcome. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. Doesn't matter. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... There it is. Happy Thursday, everybody, and a big Thursday it is. My final show in New York. I am, of course, on the road this weekend. I will be in Seattle tomorrow night at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center. There's, like, literally a handful, like an actual handful of tickets left if you want to try to get into the Friday night show at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center tomorrow night. Uh, Saturday, I am in Sacramento at the Crest Theater. Again, a very small amount of tickets if you'd like to go. Now, if you didn't make it to these shows tomorrow, I can confirm that at 10 a.m. tomorrow, tickets go on sale via Ticketmaster and Live Nation for the first four dates of the Laughs and Liberty Tour starring myself and Kennedy. That's a banger. They're going to sell out really fast for real, and it's, it's kind of cool to say that. It's wild to hear it come out of your mouth as a guy who kind of busted his ass for 20 years to get where I am. That's uh, kind of a really cool moment, uh, but I would tell you if you want to go, uh, the first four dates were in Redding, Pennsylvania on May the 6th. We're in Clearwater, Florida on May the 20th. Then we're going to be in Mesa, Arizona on June the 10th, and we will be at the Lexington Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky on June the 24th. Those tickets go on sale 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, me and Kennedy, the Laughs and Liberty Tour, which will also be happening on your television tonight. I am on Kennedy's show tonight at 7 o'clock on the Fox Business Network. I am also on the Sean Hannity show at 9 o'clock. You are all welcome to tune in. You are all welcome to watch a comedy show. Everyone's welcome to do everything except Joe Biden. I got to be honest, man. If you watch that clip yesterday and I'll play it for you. This is absolutely gross. Just a just an awful moment. Just an awful moment for the country. We've had a few of these under Biden's watch. Where if you remember the Veterans Day photo where he's famously looking at his watch while they're having a moment of silence for dead veterans who sacrificed their lives for this country. And you get the president of the United States staring down at his watch like how much more time we got biden sucks i gotta get home bonanza's coming on what do you mean i want my pudding cup what's happening okay it was a disgusting moment then it was a disgusting moment yesterday and i just want to give you some context okay this is a very loose show 
If you listen to it every day, you've kind of figured that out by now. I don't take myself seriously. I don't I take the issues very seriously. But in terms of the show, I want this to be a hang. I want it to be a thing you can spend time around without walking away angry every day. I want it to be a good part of your life. Maybe, I don't know, a force multiplier of positive energy. That's what I say. Because I realize everybody who listens to me is going to take whatever mood I put them in to the next guy, who's going to take it to the next guy, who's going to take it to the next guy. So as a broadcaster, I try to be responsible with the platform. Probably doesn't sound like it if you listen every day. You're like, yeah, right, Jimmy. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. (laughs) No, I really do. Uh, And when it comes to issues, I can talk to you about just about anything in a pretty loose manner. And it's not because I don't take the issue seriously. It's because I'm trying to keep us in a calm place where we can engage in a good faith exchange of ideas without just getting mad and trying to ruin each other and unfriend each other and make zero progress on the issue. Okay, the truth is there's no progress being made on the biggest issue facing us right now, which is fentanyl. This is the issue. Like for me, if you said, like, what's your issue? I am actually, for all intents and purposes, a fentanyl border guy because I have a 14 year old son. And I talk to him about fentanyl and drugs to the point of exhaustion because I really feel like as a country, we're absolutely failing our children who are dying from this stuff. But we're failing their parents first and foremost because we continue to classify these as fentanyl overdose deaths. Okay, that is a fact check false. They're not overdoses, you guys. They are poisonings. And the reason I say that's a failure to parents is because overdose carries with it the connotation of this is a habitual drug user who was constantly doing drugs and eventually took too many. That's the connotation, the characterization of what an overdose always was growing up in this country. We all knew people who did drugs. We all knew people who overdosed, okay? None of us knew 50 people who overdosed. None of us knew 80 people who overdosed. The numbers now are astounding. They're heartbreaking, okay? But the reason... We have so many more deaths in the overdose category is not because people have become runaway drug users. It's because people who've never done drugs in their lives are now doing drugs for the first time and they're dropping dead on the spot. What the hell is the world coming to? It's a bad place out there. And the reason I talk to my kid about it is I want you to talk to your kid about it. And I want you to understand your responsibility as a parent now is different than your parents' responsibility. When we were growing up, you could do drugs. We knew a lot of recreational drug users. Okay, you could drink, you could do all the fun stuff and, you know, hopefully do so within reason so you don't harm anybody around you or yourself. But we're not living in that world now. Okay, these people dying are not like the burnouts, per se. They're not the people that were getting high before homeroom in high school. And believe me, I'm not judging those people. (laughs) A lot of them, a lot of them happen to be my good friends. Correct the mundo. (laughs) So don't think, you know, if you're out there in the middle of a wake and bake right now, don't think you've lost the support of Jimmy Fallon. Come on, look at me. I'm a mess. But the point is, I try to be a responsible mess when I get on the air. This fentanyl thing. It's a real dereliction of duty. China is shipping it over to Mexico. Mexico is smuggling it across our border. Okay, they're now smuggling it across the northern border. And they're really not doing anything about it because they were more concerned, obviously, with the political cost than the human cost. For the first two and a half years of this administration, okay, they really didn't want to talk about the border because it was a liability for them. They had the midterms coming up. They didn't want it to be the focus. 
But it has to be the focus if you care about your kid. You just absolutely cannot let them do drugs, or at least you have to do everything in your power to discourage them doing so. And I don't mean in a square-ass, you know, old-school parent, you know, Ward Cleaver type of way. I just mean like, hey, man, seriously, you know, you do drugs now, you just you can die instantly through no fault of your own. You're just dead. It's horrible. It's a different world now. You know, if you want to drink and do so responsibly, that's fine. But you really, really, really cannot take pills, period. Can't do anything we did growing up. You can't chance it. Forty percent of the drugs that are being used in this country now have fentanyl in them. Forty percent. Okay, so in a best case scenario, those percentages change for something like Adderall, which is killing the most kids. The number goes up to 60 percent, 60 percent of the Adderall pills people are consuming in this country have fentanyl in them. Okay, so there is a 60 percent chance if you take one Adderall, you are interacting with a fatal substance, not saying a 60 percent chance you're going to die, but it's a high chance. And why would you want there to be any chance that you're going to drop dead on the spot? Because you wanted a little speed bounce from somebody's Adderall. The point is these pills are tainted. People are losing their lives. Parents are losing their children. This mom, you understand, uh, Rebecca Kiesling lost two sons to fentanyl. Biden brought it up yesterday when he was you know, trying to pass the buck for overdoses onto the Trump administration. He brought up comments by Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I've got to be honest with you, isn't the best ambassador to the Republican Party in that she's very easy to cartoon on the left. She's kind of like a right-wing version of AOC. AOC is a dope. Okay, well, the point being is Marjorie Taylor Greene took some shots at Biden. So Biden, in discussing those shots, pivoted to the claim that this mom lost two sons to fentanyl because of Biden. And he reacted by trying to say, well, the fentanyl came during the Trump administration and then had a laugh about it. And I've got to be honest with you. If there's an indifference in what's going on here. It's really disgusting. It's clip four. Isn't she amazing? <laughs> Oof. I was the reason she was, she was very specific. I shouldn't digress probably. I've read... She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that, that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> Look, folks. Anyway, I don't want to get started. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Well, interesting things. The fentanyl they took happened during the... Last administration. <laughs> I mean, yo, that's disgusting. The kids are dead. Doesn't matter if the drugs came under Trump or they came under Obama. If the kids are dead, you shouldn't be laughing. I agree with that. And Biden, who works his own son's death into anything going on in the, like literally in the world, which, again, I don't begrudge him. that. It's his kid. Okay, but understand in this moment, the mom lost two kids and in an effort to make a political point and shift the blame to Trump. He's laughing over the idea that he'd be blamed for fentanyl deaths. Here's a newsflash. Joe Biden's a president. He was elected two and a half years ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay, Joe Biden is the president. And under his time in office, in the two years since he took over the gig, we have had more people die from fentanyl poisonings than at any point in the history of this country. Okay, that's on his record. You could defend him. You could like him. You could say Trump sends mean tweets, orange man bad, the republic, whatever. I don't care. Okay, but the fact is still the fact. He has presided 
over more fentanyl poisoning deaths due to the, to the lax operational security at our southern border more than anybody else in history. Okay, Joe Biden. So this idea that he'd get up there, and I understand, you know, easy points to score if you're going to bash Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene. Easy, all day. It works all day. Catnip in a left-wing room. But the point is the kids are still dead. And the fact that it's a bigger priority to him to get a laugh, to clown Marjorie Taylor Greene, than it is to show any empathy or consideration to a woman who lost her kids. It's a really disgusting time in the country because this is the end result of a humanitarian crisis that Joe Biden caused. Tell him like it is. Okay, we're in this position because of what went on at the southern border. Okay, we rescinded the remain in Mexico policy. Why did the remain in Mexico policy matter? Because it forced asylum seekers to remain in Mexico until their asylum case was granted. That took the teeth away from the drug cartels. They were no longer able to assure people safe passage into this country, so they couldn't charge the money, collect the bounties, or yes, smuggle the drugs. We ended border wall construction. Okay, they fought the Supreme Court tooth and nail over Title 42. They sent a message to the rest of the world that if you come to this country, you're going to get in. Bingo. Okay, he caused this humanitarian crisis. I'm not saying he made this woman's kids do drugs. I'm not saying he smuggled them over himself. But he created a scenario that empowered drug cartels, that empowered China, to move record levels of fentanyl over our border, which in effect have caused record levels of death. Here is Rebecca Kiesling. This woman's going through an unimaginable grief. And she's talking about uh, Joe Biden's laugh. It's clip six. Really? This is how you speak about the death of my sons? Because a congresswoman misspoke. You mock the loss of my sons. How dare you? What is the matter with you? Almost every Democrat on the committee offered me condolences. They at least had the decency to do that. You can't even do that. You have to mock my pain. I mean, she's not wrong, man. Okay, Joe Biden and doing what he did, it's its disgusting. Now, I get, I can split split this at him for you. He's trying to mock Marjorie Taylor Greene. He's trying to pass the buck on to Trump. It's what all politicians do. But the fact remains he showed a real indifference to that woman's sons, not to mention the sons and daughters of every other parent in this country who have suffered a record level of grief under his watch because of policies he created. So I'm telling you, okay, Biden can try to make a political point. He can, you know, make this an exercise in self-preservation because he knows the border's an issue for him. So let's talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene and border agents whipping Haitian migrants. And even though it's all a lie, it gets the heat off him. I get that that's how politics work, okay? But this is not supposed to be how raising a kid works. Okay, people are losing their children in record numbers. Okay, I tell jokes for a living. I'm pretty good at telling you what works and what doesn't work on stage. Okay, Biden bombed. Okay, with that comedy routine yesterday. But I'm not upset that he's failing as a comedian. I'm upset that he's failing as a president. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword jimmy text now you'll get a bottle of nugenics thermo x the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy. 888-788-9910. Busy day in the show today. Emily Campagna is going to be here in studio. Uh, Kevin Walling, of course, the Democratic strategist. We talk across the aisle. And Diamond Dave Landau. This is a crazy one. So International Women's Day. Okay, that's going on right now. International Women's Day. And Hershey is celebrating International Women's Day. By putting a trans woman on the candy bar. That's not right. They have a spokesperson. We're going to be talking about this with Landau. Hershey now the first corporation in history to honor women with a candy bar that has nuts. Oh, come on. But the point is, a lot of people feel like they're kind of forcing this gender ideology down our throats. And we do feel like it's a slight to women. Okay, if you're a biological woman, International Women's Day is for you. But apparently, if you're a candy company, I guess you assume every day should be Halloween and we'll celebrate the guy in a costume just the same. And if you're trans and you're listening, I'm not your enemy. I, you know, be whatever you want to be. But I don't think you should be able to be it at the expense of biology. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Listen to Bill Maher here talking about just how much the Democratic Party has changed in the last five years. It's clip 20. Oh, it was clip 20. Sorry, buddy. I think it's this collection of ideas that uh, are not building on liberalism, but very often undoing it. I mean, five years ago, Abraham Lincoln was not a controversial figure among liberals. We liked him. Now they take his name off schools and tear down his statues. Really? Lincoln isn't good enough for you? It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. But that's the world we're living in. Abe Lincoln, now a controversial figure amongst those on the left. Okay, all of this woke ideology and that we're pretending men or women. We're taking little kids to drag shows to get them into the 
habit, I guess, of consuming and thinking along those ideological lines. It's a weird time to be. Uh, but we're going to pull it all into focus when we come back because I know we got a lot of fed up people listening right now. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up on a Thursday. Now, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of questions on the intranet yesterday. I was looking at the Fox Across America Facebook page, checking my messages. I was reading the Twitter. And a lot of you wanted to know why I was off the show yesterday in the middle of the week. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? So here it is really quick. Uh, I was off yesterday. This is a cool one. Uh, because I was filming uh, the four-part series that will debut on Fox Nation this coming Monday. Uh, it is called The Death of Hollywood, and it's coming out the same week as the Oscars, and it's exploring uh, the decline of Hollywood box office receipts after a lot of the big studios went in a woke direction. So this Monday, if you are a Fox Nation subscriber, if you're watching me on Fox Nation right now, you're seeing this terrible rodeo shirt I have on, uh, you will be rewarded for your faith uh, if you go to Fox Nation beginning this Monday and watch the four-part series, The Death of Hollywood, which is, of course, hosted by me. It's my first time hosting a documentary. That's a big step for the champ. I do want you to know it's a it's actually like a, a huge deal, like for me personally here at Fox, you know, to be somebody that the network is now making the face of some of their programming. I think it's, it's tremendous. It can't be understated. So I'm excited to have you guys check it out if you give it a go. It's Fox Nation. The series is called The Death of Hollywood. Uh, right now, to pivot really quick off of that, we're still talking about Joe Biden uh, getting a laugh over the death of a woman's sons from fentanyl at our southern border. I played the clip earlier just to update the conversation. I'm going to play it again. And I just want to give you a little more context here. So Biden was calling out Marjorie Taylor Greene because Marjorie Taylor Greene claimed that Biden got this two women, the woman's two sons killed from the fentanyl. Now, there's some debate over whether the fentanyl came under Trump or whether the fentanyl came under Biden. But the fact remains the kids are dead and fentanyl continues to pour across our borders at record numbers. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not a good time for the president of the United States to be laughing. That's true. That is true. But here is the speech uh, Biden was giving in Maryland. Here's the clip. It is clip four. Isn't she amazing? <laughs> Oof. Ours is the reason she was, she was very specific. I shouldn't digress probably. She was, I've read. She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that, that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> Look, folks. Anyway, I don't want to get started. You are the lowest form of life on earth. I mean, really think about that. Yeah, says I killed the two sons. Well, the interesting thing is Fentanyl they took during the last administration. The point is the kids are dead, you idiot. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. Seriously, Joe Biden. Oh, you little maggot. You make me want to vomit. It's really disgusting. Okay, one more clip from the mom, Rebecca Kiesling. I have a hard time listening to this stuff. It's very difficult. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, in comparison to the difficulty she's encountering. But there's a real indifference right now in the country. It's a scary indifference. Okay, and what I mean is our politics 
we don't actually have politics anymore. This is sports. This is professional sports. If you're not a sports fan, per se, you don't watch football, baseball, basketball, whatever, congratulations, you now do. Okay, because this is what professional sports fans do. There is nothing on earth more important to them than beating their arch nemesis. You're a Yankee fan, all you want to do is beat the Red Sox. You know, Ohio State, you want to beat Michigan, Michigan, you want to beat vice versa. Okay, it's how the big rivalries work. You know, you go down to the Iron Bowl, talking about, you know, Auburn versus Alabama, like that game matters. It really matters. You know, if you want to go to the Red River shootout and talk about Texas and Oklahoma, like we can go around the country and do this. But the point is, okay, when you are a sports fan and you have an arch nemesis, your whole gear revolves around beating those people. That's perfect for sports because it's supposed to be a recreational pursuit that takes us away from politics and our everyday torments. But it's not perfect for politics. Why? Because in this instance, what we really have, and it's so crazy, is, yes, the Republicans and the Democrats are now treating each other like, you know, sports rivals every single day. It's just about taking a position that will harm our opponents. But in this instance, the Republicans and the Democrats, they're not playing on separate teams. We are on the same team. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. It may not feel that way every day, but you could call the, you know, the Republicans, the defense, and the Democrats, the offense, or the Democrats, the offense, the defense. I don't care. But the point is we're all getting dressed in the same locker room. I mean, we are literally all getting dressed in the same locker room now thanks to the Democrats and all those weirdo policies. Stop bringing little kids to drag shows, you perverts. But the point is the fact that we're all actually in this together, the whole e pluribus unum out of many one has taken us to a place where we are devoid of empathy when it comes to political issues that don't benefit us. Like people on the left, a large majority of people on the left just don't care about the border. Oh, it's Republicans. Oh, they're racist. Fentanyl doesn't know what race you are when you take it. Okay, whether you're taking a Percocet that's laced with fentanyl, whether you're taking Adderall that's laced with fentanyl, heaven forbid snorting cocaine, or whatever it happens to be, it's just going to kill you. It's not going to kill you because of your political ideology. It's just going to kill you because that's what it does. But we don't really prioritize issues that affect all of us the way we used to because sometimes addressing a problem will come at the detriment of our own political team. That's where we are now. The border's been ignored for two years. Because it's a detriment to the Democrats. The Democrats opened up the border. Yes, they did. And I don't want to get yelled at about some type of great replacement theory being racist. The Democrats right now are fighting for illegal immigrants to vote in local elections. People who are undocumented members of this country are being afforded the same level of citizenship as the people who live here legally. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. It is very much an open border policy, but that open border policy comes with a cost, and the cost is paid by our sons and daughters. So it's really disgusting that in a world where we're now political sports rivals, We've gotten so hell-bent with beating the other side that we're willing to overlook record levels of death. Just so you understand, the reason I harp on this so much, the reason I'm always talking to my kid about it, the reason Lincoln always talks about it when he's on the show because I'll make him talk about it, is because fentanyl is the number one cause of adult death in this country. It's killing more things than anyone between the ages of 25 and 45. Fentanyl, okay, it's number one. We don't talk about it. We talk about masks. We talk about vaccines that don't work. 
and every other dumb thing in between. Climate change. Climate change is garbage. Climate change is a scam from people that are trying to get rich. That's all it is. Money, 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 money. Okay, but we don't talk about fentanyl. Okay, fentanyl is killing people right now. The scam of climate change is people are going to die 50 years from now, 80 years. It's going to be bad down the road. That's what's going to go on. I'm telling you now, you got to watch the climate change. But all they're really saying is, please give us money. Okay, I have a great clip for you from Thomas Massey roughing up John Kerry. And I want to play it for you really quickly. Okay, because I want you to understand this. This administration, Merrick Garland, being the lead of the Department of Justice, a guy who took a lot of heat on Capitol Hill yesterday, has made no secret of the fact that they are prioritizing things the rest of the country doesn't really care about on the same level that they do. Yesterday, Merrick Garland opened his testimony with a statement that they're pulling together the Department of Justice to prioritize abortion rights and climate equity. Okay, I got to be honest. People are getting crushed by a 40-year high in inflation. The border has made fentanyl the number one cause of adult death in this country. Okay, having some extra abortion options and working on what the weather's going to do in 50 years, I got to be honest, they're not the biggest priority for the American people right now. But here's Merrick Garland saying they are. It's clip 14. We are working across components to combat hate crimes and improve hate crimes reporting. In the wake of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe and Casey, the department has pulled together to protect reproductive freedom under federal law. And the department recognizes that communities of color, indigenous communities, and low-income communities often bear the brunt of harm caused by environmental crime, pollution, and climate change. So we are prioritizing cases that will have the greatest impact on the communities most burdened by those harms. You suck, you jackass. So that's your attorney general flat out telling you that we're getting a targeted, a targeted administration of justice, okay, Flat out saying, well, you know, since they overturned Roe versus Wade, you know, we're working to pull together and protecting abortion rights. Yo, that's not the Department of Justice's job is not to protect a political ideology. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. And I got to be honest with you. The, when you talk about climate equity... For minority communities, environmental crimes. Are you stupid or something? Okay, are you really telling me that the FBI, the Department of Justice, is going after environmental crimes at a time when the actual physical murder rate is at a 30-year high? That's stupid. Use your common sense. Nobody listening can even name an environmental crime. I think he's got a point. What they can say, oh, climate crime. That's, uh, you know, the bad weather. It affects minorities more. He's totally false. They can't prove that. They don't know anything. I want to play this really quick. Okay, Thomas Massey. It's an older clip. It's a few months ago. Thomas Massey was questioning John Kerry on Capitol Hill about climate change. This is a 40-second exchange, but I just want you to understand why this is significant. He's going over climate data with John Kerry. John Kerry is talking about, you know, how these numbers and these emissions are rising and this is a bad thing. But then Thomas Massey reminds him that these numbers were higher 
when there were no humans alive on the planet of Earth. Ergo, it's very hard to claim that humans are what are changing the weather. Oh, wow! John Kerry, at the end of this clip, has no answer. So he calls it a ridiculous conversation. And it is a ridiculous conversation because he, as the face of the climate movement, is a clown. I mean, really think about that. This is a guy who won't let you have a plastic straw, but he's got a plastic face. I mean, come on, man. But here's the exchange, clip 21. Are you aware that since mammals have walked the planet, the average has been over 1,000 parts per million? Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet. It, it, it's, um, let me just share with you that we now know that definitively at no point during the least the past 800,000 years has atmospheric CO2 been as high as it is today. The Except reason you chose 800,000 years ago is because for 200 million years before that, it was greater than, than it is today. And I'm going to say for the record. Yeah, but there weren't human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. We didn't have 7 well, billion people. So how did it get to 2,000 parts per million if we humans weren't here? Because there were all kinds of geologic events happening on Earth which spewed did up. Did geology on... stop when we got on the planet? Mr. Chairman, I, I, this is just not a serious conversation. Your, your testimony is not serious. <laughs> Think of the fraud of what you just heard, okay? The emissions were higher when there were no humans, to which John Kerry says, well, it was different back then. Geology, things were happening on the planet. So did they stop happening when humans showed up? The point is... The emissions are lower with humans than they were without them, meaning climate change is a scam. And they're duping gullible people and making gazillions of dollars in the process. Pay up, suckers. But what they're not doing is prioritizing the real threat to Americans. I don't want to hear about environmental crimes until you start locking up violent criminals. And I don't want to hear about the imminent threat posed by the weather do you do something about the real-time threat that is killing our sons and daughters right now in this country? What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. We have been discussing just really terrible moment uh, for the president and for the country when he did get a laugh yesterday out of the idea that a mother lost two sons to fentanyl. Such an idiot. I mean, just a disgusting moment. I mean, as a parent, as an American... Uh, it's something that I'm sure bothered a lot of you, but n none more than our next caller, Pam, who is out in St. Louis, Missouri. Hello, Pam. Hi. Hey, hey. Uh, listen, I appreciate you calling in and uh, sharing your story with us. Uh, I know this isn't an easy phone call for you, but just so the audience knows, uh, you lost your son two years ago from an overdose? It's about two and a half years ago. Good God, I'm so sorry it to hear seems that. Like, um, it just seems like yesterday. Yeah, it I, doesn't stop. I, I can't imagine. I I I, I listen, I, I can only sit here and, and fire as many good vibes through this radio as I can at you and prayers and support and everything in between. I just I can't imagine. Um, I, but I have to know in this moment, seeing the president have the reaction that he did. Is it 
Is it an insult? Is it a slight to people that are going through the unimaginable grief that you're going through? It makes you sick to your stomach. It's disgusting. I can't believe how he just doesn't care about our children. And he laughs at us, parents that have lost them. He has no clue. Well, yes, he does. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, because he's lost his, I don't understand why he can't relate. It's it's really crazy, especially knowing he has a son that has struggled with addiction. Okay, yes. and and this is this is not at an addiction level. Okay, when it comes to these deaths, because to be clear, you know I'm sloppy in referring to it as an overdose because it's a poisoning. Okay, fentanyl is a poisoning. Okay, and it's not it's not the end result of someone doing nonstop drugs around the clock and eventually taking too many. You know, more often than not, it's someone who took a recreational amount of drugs and, and sadly lost their life. And it's you know, there's no world where we should be accepting of this in a society as advanced and as capable as ours. Um, but so, I, I, you know, getting past the indifference from the president, which I know is almost impossible to do, you know, in your position, are you? You know, finding support. Are you in contact with other parents? What you know? What what is your process? Because I want to help you whatever way I can. I, um, I don't. I don't seek support. Me and my husband and my daughter and his twin brother. Mm-hmm. We hold on to one another as tight as we can. And I do a lot of exercising. If I don't, um, I go. With, it just. Helps mentally, but I I uh, I haven't sought any help as of yet. Um, my thing that I think would be something that might help all of us parents all over America. I I would like you to mention if somebody could put together a march. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. I I'm just I, I'm, I'm I don't I would not even know. But I thought of this long time ago. I'm like, why can't I'm waiting for somebody to say, let's do a march. Yeah. Can you imagine how many people, how many of us yeah. parents would I, get together on that march and say, hey, open your eyes. Uh, yeah. Look what you've done to our children yeah, by let me, opening the borders. L- let me let me work on that because I, I, in all honesty, I think we need to be doing more to bring attention to this. And, uh, you know, the only other thing you mentioned besides a march was that you get a lot of exercise. And if you've ever seen me on TV, you can tell I'm clearly not an expert on exercise. Uh, but, Pam, I really ex- appreciate you taking the time to share your story, and we'll continue to work on this and keep you in our prayers. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Big hour of Fox Across America coming up with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with Emily Campagno, who is, of course, the co-host of Outnumbered. She has a new true crime podcast coming out here on the Fox News platform. We're also going to be talking with Democratic strategist Kevin Walling. No, God! No, God! No, no, we're going to talk across the aisle, as we do on this show, Fox Across America, an audio safe space for cool people where everyone is welcome. We don't care if you're a Republican. We don't care if you're Democrat, Independent, Libertarian. The only real rule is that we're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. Here's the thing, man. Okay, you if you're listening to the show, uh, you have American privilege, not white privilege or any, any of the stupid stuff that are bandied about in the era of identity politics. You have American privilege. If you live in this country, you have hit the lottery. 
by virtue of the fact that you came out of a woman's body in this country. That is correct. (laughs) Correct that you have American privilege because you were born in this country and correct that it happened from a woman's body. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. I know there are some people out here that are trying to debate that issue right now. Uh, We have a word for them. Anyone who's telling you a man can have a baby uh, is called a clown. (laughs) True story. But we're not, you know, going to get into that right now. What we're talking about in this hour with Kevin Walling, who worked on the last Biden campaign, is about the possibility of there being another Biden campaign at a time when 37% of Americans want Biden to sit this one out. Okay, 37% of, excuse me, I screwed that one up. It didn't come out of my mouth the right way. Do you speak any English? Slightly better English than Joe Biden. But the bottom line is, We're talking about 70 percent of Americans who do not want Biden to run again. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. But the reason it's noteworthy, okay, is you have unpopular presidents all the time. And Trump had some very low approval ratings, to be fair, because the Democrats, you know, hated him with all the fiber in their being. And the Republicans were the complete opposite. Trump's approval rating in the Republican Party was in the 90s. Okay, but on the other side of town... Again, I mean, they just loathe this man. And no matter what you said to them, they continued to insist that he was an asset of Vladimir Putin and he was colluding with Russia to overthrow our election. That was the story. It was made up by these sick people. Really was. But the point is, Trump always enjoyed popularity within his own party. Okay, Biden is not popular within his own party. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Okay, Minnesota Democratic Congressman Dean Phillips kind of spoke to this reality. He was speaking to The Atlantic. And uh, his direct quote, which I find so funny, this is not a knock on Joe Biden, just a wish for competition. In the business world, if the dominant brand in a category had favorability ratings like the current president does, you would see a number of established brands jump into that category. Come on, man. Okay, think about that. Phillips goes on to add, believe me, there are literally hundreds in Congress who would say the same thing, but they simply won't effing say a word. Okay, that's Dean Phillips. He's a Democratic representative from Minnesota. I mean, the Minnesota is the epicenter of the defund the police movement. It's pretty liberal. Like at one point they wanted to defund the cop and the village people. Okay, and they've turned their backs on Joe Biden because he is historically unpopular. Okay, here's the rest of his quote. Nobody wants to be the one to do something that would undermine the chances of a Democratic victory in 2024. Yet in quiet rooms, the conversation is just the opposite. We could be put at a higher risk if this path is cleared. So essentially, what's the reality he's speaking to? Okay, we don't want to... Upset the apple car. We've got an incumbent president. You always run them a second time. If we pull them off the ticket, it's kind of an admission of failure in terms of our party leading this country. But at the same time, I mean, look at the guy. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Nobody can. And that's where it becomes an issue. Here's Biden speaking yesterday. About some bizarre, naughty nurse <laughs> fantasy, clip 18. And I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. 
She'd come in and do things that I don't think you'll learn in medical school, in nursing school. What? She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand him. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was a, there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow from her own bed because she didn't knew the one I had the one comfortable. But I'm not joking. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> I had a nurse. <laughs> I had a nurse who came in and did things to me that they don't teach you in nursing school. I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> what was that? Supposed to be giving a speech about health care. And he starts reading from a new book called Fifty Shades of Grey's Anatomy. Like, I don't even know what happened there. But that's Biden. But this is the kind of thing that is a high probability every time you stick him in front of a microphone is you get a president. You have no idea what's going to come out of his mouth. We have a president that is clearly not all there. He's not in full control of his faculties at all times. Like the clip we played during the past hour where we were talking about Biden, you know, laughing over the idea of fentanyl overdose deaths occurring under his watch. And to be clear, they are poisoning deaths. But the fact that he's laughing about that is reflective on a man who just doesn't have any command of his pitches anymore. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner in this. That's pretty much every time Biden gets in front of a microphone. Yeah, I had a nurse. She'd come in and do things to me that aren't in the nursing manual. I mean, I hubba hubba. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Sounds like somebody needs to delete his search history on the White House computer because he was watching, you know, Horny Hospital Five or something. I don't know. But this is the type of weird behavior that's made him the liability that he is. Joe Biden, understand, is historically popular within his own party. Okay, you can talk to me about Trump having low approval ratings, but he didn't have them in his own party. Trump has higher approval ratings in his own party now. After two impeachments, after January 6th, after everything in between, he has a higher approval rating in his own party right now than Joe Biden does in his own party. And why is that the case? Biden is such a disaster. Exactly. Okay, here's a poll. It's a Yahoo YouGov poll. Okay, three in four Americans are concerned about Biden's health and mental acuity. Survey also finds 39% of people are very concerned about his health and mental acuity. So you got 39% of people very concerned that the president's elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. Another 21% somewhat worried. 17% slightly concerned. Either way you slice it. Okay, you're talking about 77% of the American people think we have a president who is not playing with a full deck. Do you understand? You've never lived in a moment. You can tell me Reagan was 76 when he left office and the Democrats like to tell you he had Alzheimer's and didn't know where he was. You never heard this out of Reagan. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. I mean, I've, I play hours of these clips. Did you ever hear one of these from Reagan? You know the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, 
with, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, not pretty, folks. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. This is a guy who once made a sign language interpreter shrug because he invents words. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. That's what he said. That's your president. This is not acceptable. I'm not being ageist. I don't hate this man personally. I don't wish him any ill will. I hope he lives to be 150. I just hope he spends the remaining 60 of those years not as president of the United States because in a bad position. Okay, I this is the kind of thing that jumps out at you more if you've been around it. I had an Uncle Sonny, the late great Uncle Sonny, just the coolest, best guy you could ever meet, just the most generous, benevolent soul who was just really funny. Just, I mean, rock him, sock him, nonstop hilarity, just the funniest guy. But in the late stages of his life, he had a full-on frontal dementia in the frontal cortex of his brain that reduced him to a a walking uh, collection of mannerisms. He could say things. Okay, that didn't necessarily apply to the conversation you were having, but he could still say them because he knew the mannerisms. And every once in a while, he'd get one right where he'd align his thought with the conversation you were having. But nine times out of 10, he didn't. And it was a tough thing to be around. Okay, 70 percent of the American people think Biden's going through the same thing. And they're not wrong. Okay, the guy is a mess. We don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. He doesn't have a bedside manner when it comes to talking about the deaths of Americans. He certainly doesn't have a bedside manner when he's talking about the bedside manner of naughty nurses in his hospitals. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Which is why Republicans are not the only ones that are saying this guy has no business running in 2024. There's no chance. This guy can't complete a sentence right now. You're telling me he's going to be president six years from now? Okay, according to the reviews on this Amazon product, people who bought it, Okay. also liked weed because you got to smoke a ton of it to think Biden has any chance of being in shape to run this country for six more years. Introducing the Amazon Biden, the home assistant that refuses to take questions. Biden, can you tell me when your next press conference is? Absolutely not. And unlike the Alexa, the Biden won't share location data. Biden, where is Hunter? Come on, let's get real here. You won't have to worry about your kids plagiarizing schoolwork because the Biden doesn't retain information. Biden, what year did we kill Osama bin Laden? I don't remember that ever happening. It may look like a cheap knockoff that breaks down a lot, but the Biden is doing work you can count on. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. The Amazon Biden, selling out fast in Ukraine and China. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America. Their radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. Kevin Wallen's coming up. Diamond Dave Landau is going to be in the house. We're talking about this Hershey story, International Women's Day. Hershey has rolled out a biological man uh, to be the face of its international women's campaign. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. It really is bananas, but there's a bigger point to be made about it, and me and Dave will get into it in the next hour. Right now, it's me and you, girl. Having some time on the old radio. Uh, We were talking about the fact that nobody in the Democratic Party wants Biden to run again. 
okay, the guy's polling at 37%. Like, we're in a bad spot here when those are the numbers we're talking about. But when we get into the specifics of why he's a liability, I want you to understand, I don't begrudge him his lack of mental acuity because it's going to happen to me. I mean, most days it already has happened to me. Okay, but I'm not the president of the United States. That's the one concern. But the bigger concern is he's just bad at the job. You know, the border policies are horrendous. The spending is out of control. Okay, the idea that they're still fighting the Supreme Court for student loan forgiveness. They're asking taxpayers who didn't take out loans to pay off the loans of the taxpayers who did. This is a Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. (laughs) Gung-ho. What a movie. Michael Keaton, so good. But, uh, you know... The reality that these are his policies that we're getting laughed at on the world stage right now, that we have pledged an unlimited amount of Venmos to Ukraine at a time when cities like East Palestine don't feel like they're getting anything out of their government in the way of support. Okay, he's just been a failure as president. He's a bad president. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Doesn't mean I hate him. Okay, it means he's a very bad president. And that's at their core why Democrats don't want him to run again. They're not so much concerned about him being you know, in some type of mental state of decline. In truth, they prefer a president who's in some type of stage of dementia. Why? Because it allows them to be the president. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, they don't understand this. They don't mind that Biden is, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's not an issue for them. They don't think it's bad that this White House doctor doesn't release the results of physicals, doesn't give him a cognitive test and share it with the American people. Okay, they don't mind that. They don't care about that. Because, again, as long as Biden is president, that means the people behind the scenes get to call the shots, which is exactly what they're doing. This whole presidency has been an executive order. It is an iTunes user agreement. You know when you want something, a new app on your phone, and they give you that, you know, you've got to read over the terms and conditions, which nobody does. They're 31 pages long, so you just scroll to the bottom and click I agree. That's every one of these executive orders. Hey, we're going to... Stop the border policies. Wait, what? Scroll to the bottom, click I agree. Shut up. You want your pudding cup, yes or no? All right. Hey, we're going to kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline. Wait, what? Scroll to the bottom, old man. Let's go. Scroll. Come on, scroll. You want a pudding cup, yes or no? And he scrolls and clicks I agree. That's they're running the country. Okay, and understand, the reason they don't want to go near East Palestine, Ohio, is every one of these train derailments makes an even stronger argument for more pipelines. You are correct, sir. The people running this country, the people who are the president of the United States of America behind the scenes are bad at it. They're doing a bad job. But they're still acting presidential. And what I mean by that is so important. Okay, traditionally when a president does a bad job, Okay, when he screws something up, the Afghan troop withdrawal would be a great example. What the president does to put some distance between themselves and the failure is the president will go out and fire someone between him and the end result. Meaning at the end of the Afghan troop withdrawal, Joe Biden should have fired a couple of generals. That's what he should have done. That's true. That is true. Why? Because it restores your faith in his leadership ability. You say, all right, well, they screwed this up. At least he's owning it. He's firing the generals that gave him a bad steer. And he's aware, you know, how disappointed and upset we are. And, you know, they're going to do a better job next time. But Biden didn't do that. He made the political calculation that if he admitted the Afghan troop withdrawal was the failure we all saw it to be, 
it was going to become a liability for him at the polls. This is politics as usual. It is politics as usual. But he went out there after you watched people clinging to the wheels of cargo jets, babies being thrown over barbed wire fences so they could escape the country. He went out there with a straight face and told everybody it was the most successful airlift we had ever seen in the history of our country. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to perform like that. Pitiful. Instead of owning reality, firing a couple of generals and saying never again, he tried to sell you on the idea that it was a success. And nobody watching felt that way. Come on, don't bullshit. But where the people running this presidency are better at being president than Biden is, is they have the good sense to know that their leadership has failed this country in the last two and a half years. And the only way to put some distance between themselves and their leadership is to fire the guy in between them, which in this case is Joe Biden. So it is not surprising to me that the Democrats behind the scenes want to get rid of this guy, not because he's nuts. Him being nuts allows them to run the country. But him being there for a few more years is going to bring attention to the fact that they've been running that country into the ground. And that's why they're all willing to fire Joe Biden if push comes to shove. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. I'm about to bring on a guy. Who worked on Joe Biden's campaign. What an idiot. You stop it. He's a fan favorite here on the show. Certainly a personal favorite of mine as well. I am talking about the lovely and talented Kevin Walling. Hey, girl. Hey, you're a personal favorite of mine, too. Oh, Walling, you're just buttering me up now. I know how this works. Take it easy on me. Take it easy on me. <laughs> it is a little bit of a defensive week. It's for been a, a week. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been something. It's so I'll start light. Have you guys... I know you're, you got engaged. Did you guys set a wedding date yet? Uh, two twenty four twenty four. Save the date. Two to, yo. Charleston, South Carolina. If the, if you get married in Charleston, South Carolina, like I'm coming whether you invite me or not. Yeah, no, you're going to be the ring bearer. <laughs> it's already been decided. <laughs> we're picking out the outfit, though. You're not. We're not going to leave you to your own devices with your jacket. You don't uh, want some of your jackets. You don't want one of my gold jackets like I wore on Gutfeld last week. I was a hot <laughs> coat. It was a great code, actually. See? so That's, a, that's up there on the list. So are you going to say that I'm better at optics than the Biden administration? Uh, Segway! Segway uh, time, you know. Walling! You, you got some skills. You got some skills. <laughs> Let's, I want to talk about the train thing. I have a theory. Yeah. Okay. I do think the optics are bad. I think Pete would have gone eventually. But I don't think it was action by him. I think it was reaction. I think Trump going there kind of forced their hand. Um, do you think on any level, this is just you and me talking strategy. This is not you speaking on behalf of the administration. But I believe one of the reasons, you know, and this is not specific to them either. I'm going to keep qualifying this, okay? I don't think any politician wants to bring attention to something they consider to be a political liability to them. So with that in mind, I think one of the reasons they don't want to go to East Palestine is every time a train derails, you're making a stronger case for pipelines like the ones the Democrats canceled. Do you think on any level they just didn't they, – they don't want nothing to do with this story because it's like the border. It doesn't pull well? Yeah, I mean it's, it's a good question. I think, I think this was a missed opportunity for this administration, right, and for Democrats as a whole, right? This is our, a critical issue with environmental quality, right? So many of these uh, East Palestine residents, their lives are changed completely, and this plays into our strengths. Like right? we're out there campaigning for a stronger EPA, for stronger regulations 
on trains. Um, and I think we should have played more into that. I think all kind of sides didn't realize what uh, a, a total cluster this had become, mm-hmm. especially with the optics of those those videos and photos that came out afterwards. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes this administration struggles with, you know, you know, they would say, well, Trump never went to a Trump a, a train derailment. And even when, unfortunately, Americans lost their lives at it. Right. That's not the right response necessarily when people see the imagery of that mushroom cloud, right, and say, where is the federal government in this? And even though they're doing all the right things, and EPA was on the ground in two hours, and, you know, we're going to make these lives better because of this, it's still, you know, the the imagery right off the bat is problematic. Same with the imagery of, you know, the, the, the airport in Kabul. Same with some of the imagery out there where, you know, we're doing the right thing, and government is more efficient under this administration but it's still the optics that matter, to your point. I would say so. Kevin Walling is on the line, Democratic strategist, Fox News fan favorite. Uh, we're talking about East Palestine and a host of other things. The EPA, man, that one drives me nuts as like a New Yorker because you mm-hmm. really can't. This is a bipartisan criticism, I believe. It's very hard for anybody to take the EPA at their word because if you were here in New York after 9-11, they're like, yeah, the air's fine. Come on in. And, uh, you know, everybody that went down there and volunteered obviously learned a very hard long-term lesson that the air wasn't fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really rough. So I I don't think it's specific to either party in terms of a healthy distrust of the EPA. Uh, But when we talk about optics, the other bad one yesterday, I know Biden was going after Marjorie Taylor Greene, but laughing in the face of fentanyl deaths is still a, a bad look. Yeah, it's, it's problematic. You know, I, you know, he was trying to make a point, I think with MTG, I think he, you know, he was at his best, for example, at the State of the Union when he was kind of, uh, you know, going back and forth with some of those more, you know, right wing folks on the floor. Um, but certainly, you know, the the whole fentanyl conversation and, and the testimony, especially that, that we saw this past week of that mother who lost two boys just a few years ago uh, to fentanyl is just horrifying. Um, and and I'm encouraged that you're seeing, you know, especially uh, with the China committee that just had their first hearing, I think, on Tuesday. You know, a lot of that focus was on fentanyl. Yep. And I think hopefully you'll see some bipartisan action, especially on those drugs pouring across the border. We're interdicting a lot of that, but certainly a good number of that is still getting through and, and killing our kids. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, are you concerned, by the way, if you guys like do like a balloon release at your wedding, the president's going to shoot them down? <laughs> I don't know what we're, I don't know you know I don't know what we're going to release. I mean, he's a Republican, so you know, he probably is for releasing toxic gas. Well, you're a Democrat. You're going to release. You, well, you're a Democrat. You're going to release criminals. No, 100%. 100%. Walling. We'll uh, pardon one at the end. That's yeah, like a thing. I know you will. I know how you roll, Kevin Walling. But it's uh, also taking place in the South, so I don't know. You got to play I mean, a little. There's more roles down there. Who knows? By the time you get married, you know, South Carolina could be very prominent in the 2024 race. You got Tim Scott. You got Nikki Haley. Uh, yeah. I want to tell you something that surprised me. So Nikki Haley, who I've met her here in a green that, room a few so times. That was a great. So Alex oh. and I actually watched the video of oh. her interview, oh, and it was great. I was just going to say to you, well, thank you for that. It means a lot. For real, for real. Um she really did show me a personal side, like a funny side. Like she made fun of the studio. Yeah. She made fun of my jackets. Like, I really think there's good a... music choices, too. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Aussie. Oh, it. wow. Come on. Walling, you doubled my ratings, girl. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'll tell the governor as much. But 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 no, I, I think that personal side is a lot more potent in the long run. Like I, she's nowhere near where you need to be in the polling right now. It looks like a Trump DeSantis race. Who knows if that changes totally. or Tim Scott gets in. But as a Democrat, OK, who do you want 
to run against in 2024? If you could get one Republican on the ticket, if you had your pick, who's the guy or gal you want to face off against? I mean, I think it's probably just looking at the polling, uh, you know, especially in some of these battlegrounds, a Trump-Biden matchup. Biden beats Trump in most of these races. It's a little bit more difficult when it's a DeSantis-Biden matchup right now. Now, anything can happen. The election is in 612 days or so, Mm -hmm. right, and the dynamics on the ground. But certainly, you know, I want the guy that beat the other guy by, you know, nearly 8 million votes, right? That's road-tested. Well, you know, I, listen, I, I, I'm not going to argue that I think most Democrats prefer Trump just because he turns out Democrat support. Totally. At, at a, yeah, at a higher rate than anybody else does. That's a it's a weird thing within the Republican Party. Like I could tell you this as a, as a talk radio host, you know, a lot of the audience obviously loves Trump, you know, and they think this is where it gets really tricky. OK, is that he does enjoy tremendous support within the party. But winning elections is about peeling off support from the other side, which I think he would have a really hard time doing, you know. Um, but again, maybe he does it like you said, it's 612 days away. I have no idea. But I think if you're Biden, you do want Trump only because he's the same age, not, you know, well, give or take a few years. It takes the age argument off the book, certainly, yeah. Jimmy. And to your point, you know, Trump is now running as a de facto incumbent, right? So he has four years to run on. Mm-hmm. You know, independence broke for Trump in 16, right? Because mm-hmm. he was kind of an unknown – well, he was known, but like unknown politically, wanted to shake up the system. And late deciders actually broke for Trump mm-hmm. over Secretary Clinton, Yeah, right? That's not necessarily going to be the case because both are known policy makers and have – positions to run on now mm-hmm. in a way that Trump didn't have in 16 as an outsider. Yeah, it's it's we're talking to Kevin Walling if you're just joining us and how dare you be late. I mean, such a fun interview. <laughs> but uh but seriously, I think that's a bigger liability if Biden runs is that you wind up with somebody 30 years younger than him across the aisle, and I would expect that to be a factor. I mean, one of the things I was I was talking about this earlier, Dean Phillips, who's obviously a representative from the great state of Minnesota, was talking to the Atlantic about 2024, and he says there are literally hundreds of members of Congress that would never say this out loud because they don't want to hurt the Democratic Party, but they wish Biden wasn't running. Is is that a reality? Uh, I'm, I'm sure some people have you know, pi- private thoughts about that that they're not going to share publicly, similar to what you're seeing probably at CPAC this weekend and you know, with Trump out there and stuff like that, that those same folks don't want Trump to be the nominee mm-hmm. but are out there gung-ho for him mm-hmm. um, just because they have to toe the, 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 the party line. But you know, I look to the midterm elections, and you know, President Biden you know, beat back a lot of expectations and, and did pretty well. We helped, We expanded our Senate majority. And barely lost the House. And I think that was, you know, a lot of Democrats going into the midterms thought, okay, this guy's too old, out of touch, you know, still talking about bipartisanship, all this kind of stuff, and realized, okay, maybe he knows what he's kind of doing because he's been at it for 50 years. And we had a better than expected uh, midterm election, which quelled a lot of that, even that private thought yeah. about Biden 2024. Yeah, I, I listen, I think I think there's an interesting dynamic in play here because I think a lot of people, you know, within the party, you know, respect the fact that the incumbent president traditionally runs again unless his name is Lyndon Johnson. But I do think it's a certain there's such an interesting set of circumstances in play right now in that. I do believe that Biden enjoys good support within his party if he's running against Trump. I actually think it changes 
tremendously if he's running against a Scott, a Haley, or a DeSantis. One, because of the age thing, and two, just because the negatives aren't there for those candidates. That's the point I'm trying to make to conservative voters is, again, as a conservative, I'm going to support the Republican nominee. But I think the issue is, like, you've got to establish what your goal is in 2024, because if it's just like a a grudge F because of Trump, then, yes, you're going to nominate Trump and give him a shot at becoming Grover Cleveland and avenging his defeat. (laughs) But if it's truly about your best chance of winning the office— I would actually argue that throwing the polls to the side within the primary, because the primary doesn't matter as much as the general. Anybody else gives them a better chance than Trump, I would think. I would think Scott does. I would think Haley does. I would think DeSantis does. What say you? Well, it's a good point. But at this point, a lot of these folks are untested on the national level, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you've got DeSantis in this huge honeymoon, and I give him a lot of credit for that huge electoral win. I mean, Mm -hmm. from going from 50,000 vote margin four years ago to over a million, flipping so many of those counties, especially Latino counties, is critical. Mm -hmm. But you go back to some of the debate performances, even against Charlie Crist, and they weren't as polished, even as, you know, I give Donald Trump a lot of, you know, grief, but like, uh you know, uh, DeSantis is untested on the national level. He's got, he's riding a wave of support in Florida, you know, similar with Scott and and Haley, huge, compelling stories, narratives, accomplishments to point to. You've got, you know, those equality uh, improvement zones with Tim Scott working with President uh, Trump. You've got a great record that Nikki Haley can point to on a lot of fiscal fronts in the state uh, of South Carolina, which I now claim to be mine because we spend half our time down there. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, these folks are untested on on the national level. And I think especially you got to focus right now on your main opponent isn't Joe Biden. If you're any of those three, it's Donald Trump. Yeah, no question there. I mean, the one thing I would say about DeSantis is he has been subjected to a national level of scrutiny from the media. So I would think he's a little more battle tested maybe than Haley or Scott. Yeah, I can do that. I think that's true. But he's also easier to go after than Haley or Scott, you know, because, one, you know, we got a woman and we've got a a black person who, by the way, is a historic one at that and that he was the first black American to serve in both houses of Congress. I think Tim Scott is the best story in this race. But I think in terms of we're really looking at this like it's an episodic, like it's like the Sopranos, you know, obviously Trump is the most dramatic figure and where you can't discount him. Because I I honestly think that a DeSantis, a Haley or a Scott can articulate Trump policies without the baggage of Trump. But where they are at a disadvantage is Trump as a playmaker, like in a debate. We were discussing this earlier. Do you remember in the first debate in Cleveland in 2016, Megyn Kelly was the moderator and she was and Trump won in his first answer, his first answer of the whole debate. He won the debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've called women pigs and slobs. And he goes, only Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) But that's the kind of endearing play like you win debates on stuff like that. So totally. I can't discount him in terms of his him getting the nomination, but I think the general is like a real uphill putt for him. I do. It's going to be tough, man. I just you I know mean, he's the he's the de facto nominee right now. When you look at things, I mean, I I watched you know it was Brian Kilmeade was out in a in a diner this morning on Fox and Friends, mm-hmm. it, you know, which is prime DeSantis territory, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. The congressional district he represented in the House. Yeah, in Florida. Uh, when he voted to gut Social Security and Medicare a few mm-hmm. times, as Donald Trump oh. has pointed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were all for Trump in DeSantis's oh. backyard. Do you know when that was? Um, that was. Uh, this is funny. Okay, so you make the point. It was Tuesday. Yeah. They sent Kilmeade down, and I only know that. Oh, it the other, yeah, yeah it was fine. But the, the article is making the rounds today. But just the, the only reason I clarify is I was on the show Tuesday. I was on Fox and Friends during all of that. And mm-hmm. uh, I noticed they locked me in the studio because they didn't trust me near the pancakes with Kilmeade. Is it unbelievable? 
It's unbelievable. I never get the dining now assignment. I to, now I know I got to lock you up for the wedding, too. You oh. know, you'll just be there for the, you know, Let's, I don't want listen. you anywhere near that band either. Nobody wants to say the quiet part out loud, but you really just want me at the bachelor party. I mean, Jenny will have the run of the show, but, you know, we'll, we'll find a spot you. for you. Oh, Wally. Jenny's fired up. Jenny and Lincoln travel well. I took them on the road. Um, Lincoln and I were out in Reno, and then I took Jenny and Lincoln up to Fat Cats in Utica. And uh, we burnt it down. Like, the Link man gets on stage. He does a little time. He's funny. You well, know, he's, he's a fan favorite, too. People know him now. I yeah, mean, I know. He's like, he's a total, and aren't you going on the road with Kennedy, too? Did yes. Did see that? Tomorrow, Where are you guys going for that? Tickets tomorrow go on sale. This is like we okay. set this up and we didn't. But tomorrow, the first four dates we did go on sale. Honestly. No, no, we definitely didn't. Uh, it will be on Kennedy's show tonight. Like we're doing a full-on sandwich board. But me and the I love K- that. yeah, me and the K train because uh, she's the one who hired me here at Fox. Like I started as an on-air writer and, and a writer for her show, and uh, we're going to take our insanity to the masses. And we're going to, I mean, everywhere. We're going to, like, we're playing, like, nice venues, like, nicer than I should be in. We're playing the Lexington Opera House in Kentucky. I mean, come on, Walling. When you hear my mook accent, do you think Opera House? Uh, 100%, especially with those jackets. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know why Governor, Governor Nikki was taking you on on that front. I Listen, think they're great. we do need to defund the fashion police. And I will tell Governor Haley, you have said as much. I would tell you well, one I thought of, we did with the passing of Joan Rivers. Unfortunately, God rest her soul. Yeah. The la- Listen, I always say this all the time. If there was a comedy Mount Rushmore, Joan Rivers' face would be up there once we decided which face. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Walling, you're the best. For real. We'll catch up Love off you, the brother. air. Be well. There he goes, the great Kevin Walling. We're back after this. It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fail. Holding this country together. Diamond Dave Landau coming by in the next hour. Emily Campagna going to be here as well. She has a new true crime podcast coming out. I myself have a four-part series coming out on Fox Nation this coming Monday. It is called The Death of Hollywood. And I am the front man. I am the front man for this uh, documentary. Pretty cool. Uh, it's a pretty wild honor to have your name on a documentary as the host and the guy Fox has chosen to promote it and bring attention to it and everything in between. And if you missed me on the show yesterday, it's because I was off filming it at a 100-year-old movie theater. That is true. We were at the Lafayette Theater in Suffering. It opened 100 years ago, so it's the same age as Joe Biden. Come on, man. Silly. It's being silly. We were talking to Kevin Walling, a Democratic strategist, in the last break about these reports within the Democratic Party that hundreds of congressmen don't want this guy running again. Okay, Joe Biden very much is a liability to the party. You know, and Walling is a guy I like talking to because he worked on the campaign. He knows the Bidens well. He goes to the White House a lot, and he's got legitimate insight. So he will concede, like he said, they did a bad job on this train. They did a really bad job addressing the fentanyl crisis. He'll concede points, and that's why I like having him on, is we can exchange some good-faith takes on the president's job performance, and it doesn't become like a character assassination. And I mention this because there are so many talk radio hosts listening to the show now trying to figure out what this, who's this fat guy all over the TV making all these headlines. Maybe I should, you know, kind of 
dig the vibe a little bit and see if we can incorporate some of it into our show, well, I encourage you all to incorporate a little bit of this crosstalk into your show because it's good for the damn country. So get out there. Talk to the other side. Hear out their ideas and defend yours, would you please? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. They have saddled up the show pony. He is galloping back on the old radio obstacle course to your delight. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing in a big hour with the great Emily Campagno, who you know and love as the co-host of Outnumbered. But wait, there's more. Diamond Dave Landau is going to be in the house discussing the fact that Hershey has chosen a biological man to represent them on International Women's Day. That's stupid. Use your common sense. If it's going on out there in the world, it is happening in this hour at 888-788-9910. This is a show that functions day in and day out with one rule. You can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be a Libertarian, you can be independent. You can identify as a furry. Like, for real, you can walk around saying you're a German shepherd. <coughs> Fine. Howl at the moon. All we ask is that you don't be a <coughs> As we motor on, it is our fourth day. Our fourth day on the legendary KZNU. We are broadcasting, of course, as you know, for the first time in our illustrious history of Fox Across America on St. George News Radio, Southern Utah's news leader, my man Carl, running the shop out there. Uh, we have survived to a fourth day, which means we made a lot of money in Vegas. Nobody had us making it past the third day. They're like, oh, there's no way this thing goes four days. But we are on the air, and we are honored. And uh, on behalf of all the people who bet the over, uh, we are happy to say day four is now in full effect out in St. George, Utah. So shout out to you guys. Uh, you might even be getting a contact high from my cousin who lives up the road in West Jordan, uh, other side of the state up north. But the point being uh, is we are honored to be here as well. Uh, but in this hour, we're talking about an honor that I believe was improperly bestowed. And let me read you this just to give you a little background on what's going on, because this is fascinating to me. It's International Women's Day. It's the big event we're celebrating this week. I believe the technical day was yesterday, but it's Women's History Month. And the Hershey Company has rolled out a limited edition Hershey's She Bars. So her, she. That was absolutely dreadful. I get the play on words, but what I don't get is the play on gender. Okay, the Hershey She Bars serve as a heartwarming reminder to take a moment and shine a light on the women and girls who inspire us every day. The brand is inviting fans to recognize the women and girls in their life through the simple gesture of giving Hershey's She Bar. But here's the news flash. They're doing it with a transgender woman. That's not right. Meaning a day that's devoted to women is now being co-opted by men. Okay? Not cool. In one of the Canadian advertisements promoting the she bar, transgender woman Faye Johnson says, We can create a world where everyone's able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. Listen. Be what you want. Identify as whatever you want to be. But it's not honest to say a biological man is a woman. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. 
You understand, this is pretend. Like, you could feel that way. We can respect your right to feel that way, to dress that way, to look that way. I wish you no harm. I'm not a transphobe. Be whatever the hell you want. It's America. It's the whole point of America, man. Be whatever the hell you want. Freedom! You got freedom. You know, unless you oppose this gender ideology, in which case they immediately call you a transphobe and that you're trying to spark a wave of hate crimes and you're speaking with malice in your heart. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally full of crap. Okay. International Women's Day is a day set aside to honor women. Okay. If you are putting someone as the face of your honor who's not a woman, you, my friend, are not honoring women. You are, in fact, insulting them. I think he's got a point. And a lot of women won't speak up about this. Why? Because they don't want the social pressure backlash. If you're a transphobe, you're a monster, you're a turf, you're a J.K. Rowling. Okay, J.K. Rowling has been ostracized. They boycott her books. They want her canceled from polite society because she pointed out the obvious truth that only women get pregnant. Here's a serious question. If men are getting pregnant, where is the baby coming out of? Because there's only two options, and neither of them are good. Oh! Oh, no, no! But the reason they're forcing this on us, and I want you to understand this, the Democrats are manufacturing a new civil rights movement. That's where trans people become valuable to them. They don't care about individual trans people. And if you don't believe me, ask Caitlyn Jenner. You've heard me tell this story before. Caitlyn Jenner was the face of the transgender movement. She came out on the cover of Vanity Fair. And the first day they were like, she is beautiful. We love her. She's gorgeous. Anyone who criticizes her is a monster. We're going to fire them from their job. We're going to kill your pets. We're going to burn down your house because trans people deserve our support unconditionally. We love Caitlyn. Yay, Caitlyn. That was day one. Day two, they gave her an ESPN Courage Award. Like, she is a hero. She is brave and courageous. Anyone who doesn't support her, you're a monster. Your family's a monster. We're going to 23andMe and find relatives you didn't even know were your family, and we're going to ruin their lives, too, because she deserves our support. Day three, Caitlyn Jenner was like, I'm a Republican. And the Democrats were like, get the f*** out of here, you f***. I'm Joe with the Go home, Bruce. Wheaties gave me the... You know, that's what they did. Okay? They didn't care. She was a transgender. They didn't care about tolerance or acceptance. They didn't care about the fact that they were giving her awards and celebrating her on Vanity Fair magazine. Has anyone offered Caitlyn Jenner a magazine cover since she came out as a Republican? The answer would be no. Everything you need to know. This is not about individual classes of people. This is about getting them to go and vote Democrat. Bingo, man, bingo. That's all this is. Okay, if you're a black person, the Democrats go, oh, we're the champions of the black community. We've always been here. That's what we do. We own the black vote. Don't forget. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Okay, try telling a black conservative that the Democrats care about them. Look up some of the things they've said about Tim Scott or Byron Donalds. Okay, really, go go take a look at some of the statements they've made. Winsome Sears, who was called the black face of white supremacy when she became the first black woman elected to statewide office as the lieutenant governor of Virginia. The black face of white supremacy. They said that about Larry Elder. 
Okay, Nikki Haley was just accused as a woman of color, Indian-American. Nikki Haley was accused of using her brown skin to launder her white supremacy. Not even close! It's embarrassing is what it is. But you understand whenever they're manufacturing a civil rights movement like this one with trans people, oh, they're under attack. No one, we're not attacking trans people. We don't wish them any ill will. Be whatever you want. But understand, they're pretending. You're not a woman if you are born a man. You're not a woman. You can dress up as a woman, but it's pretend. So on National Women's Day, the idea that we're honoring anyone pretending to be a woman is kind of a slight, i got to be honest with you, to biological women. This is no different than if Black History Month was honoring Rachel Dolezal, the woman who pretended to be black for years and years before she was only ultimately found out as being a white woman who was pretending to be black. Get her out. Get her out of here. That's the scam. Okay. We threw her out because we said, whoa, it's cultural appropriation. You can't be pretending to be a member of a culture you're not a part of. Who do you think you are? Elizabeth Warren? What's going on here? And so we bounced Rachel Dolezal from polite society. But if she had waited a few years, she would have been just fine. She could say she's transracial. She identifies as the other race. Leave me alone. That's about that's what I'm about to do when I fill out my tax returns. When you hear about all this equity agenda in the IRS and how they're going to start targeting white people more often, <laughs> that's crazy because they want equity in the – no, no, no. We're supposed to be living in a colorblind society where people are just people. That was the whole Martin Luther King commitment. You know, That was the ambition of the civil rights movement, to live in a world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. But now we have made identity everything. So much so that a candy bar is now celebrating a pretend woman on Women's Day. Here is the, the, the Faye Johnson, the gentleman uh, in question, uh, talking about it, clip 22. My name is Faye Johnstone. I'm the executive director of Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone is able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. See the woman changing how we see the future at Hershey's Canada. See the women who are changing the future. Listen, they are whatever they want to be. They're not women. And I only make, take this position because too many women are afraid to speak up about this because they don't want the backlash. They don't want to be called a transphobe or a turf. Okay, but understand this comes with real-life consequences to women. Whether you're a college athlete that wants to compete on a level playing field against other women as opposed to biological men, or you're women who are now going to lose out in hiring you know, for something that's specifically tailored to a woman, but it's going to somebody else in the trans community. I want trans people to feel accepted and safe in our society, but I don't want it to happen at the expense of actual women. But the reason people on the left are willing to do this and incorporate all of this woke ideology into your candy, into the new Peter Pan, into any other children's toy that's coming out right now, is because they believe these cultural benchmarks getting you to accept, okay, that a woman can be called a woman if, in fact, she's a man. They believe you'll identify with their worldview of political ideology. Every one of these things comes in comes with a built-in political orientation. If you tell the kids when they're five that everybody should be thinking about switching genders, then they hopefully, in the democratic worldview, grow up with the belief that we should be prioritizing identity politics. And if you're going to prioritize identity politics, you're ultimately going to be voting Democrat because they're the only lunatics that are putting your identity as your number one defining character trait. Things you cannot control 
are now defining you. Okay, that's the complete antithesis of what the civil rights movement was. But this is a new civil rights movement, and it's not done like the last one to protect people or get them equal standing in the eyes of the law. It's being done because the Democrats can turn off votes on the back of it. Okay, and if they can't turn out votes on the back of it, good luck finding protection from those woke Democrats who could give a rat's ass about anybody who votes conservative. Introducing Woke Rock, the gender neutral album that's got everyone coming to terms. Inclusive anthems everyone can live by. Non-binary woman, stay away from me. Non-binary woman, parent let me be. Music so good, it's dangerous. Oh, here they come. Watch out, Zir, they'll chew you up. Oh, here they come. They're with them, eat up. Woke Rock. Available on college campuses and corporate boardrooms everywhere. Your birthing person don't dance and your parent don't rock and roll. We've never sold a copy, but we identify as number one on the charts. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I do feel like I'm cruising down the PCH with this next. In spirit, we're always on the PCH, you and me. That's what we are. We're force multipliers of positive energy. Uh, I am talking, of course, to the legendary co-host of Outnumbered, who is joining us in studio, Emily Campagno. People are excited. People are excited. Even if the people are in our minds that yeah, are excited. Yeah. No, so just excited. go with it. The funniest part is that PCH right now is like under two feet of snow. <laughs> so, guys, what I was saying was like, oh, that song, it feels like, you know, it's like a summer afternoon, days of confused, you know, warm breeze. And then you just brought it back to like the snowstorm that's outside. <laughs> well, I was just, you know, what's funny. Like uh, I'll be in Sacramento Saturday. One of my one of my affiliates, K.I.N.S. in Eureka, California, my man, Brian Papstein. Eureka, California. Let it burn. Yeah, let yeah, it yeah, burn. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, he was saying they have like snow like out the wild. Yeah. It's crazy right now. Yeah. Uh, but Emily Campagno is in studio. Why? She has a new true crime podcast coming out. Uh, one, because she's a brilliant legal mastermind, too, because they needed to get her out of the bar across the street from Fox to like. <laughs> Like, what, do, what can we do in addition to outnumbered to just, we're tired of paying this tab, but tell us the name of the pod. It comes out uh, on Tuesdays. Yeah, so it is the Fox True Crime Podcast. Every Tuesday, you have a brand new episode. You can listen to it wherever you listen to your podcast, totally free. And then it also is watchable on our YouTube channel, such as Fox News YouTube channel. And it's so exciting, Jimmy. You know, yep. this has been a pet passion of mine for so long. And these episodes, what, what makes this podcast so unique is that my guests are the ones that were there. It's not just me and you talking about crime, which that's fine, too. It'd be a lot. Yeah, it'd be good. It'd be great. But this has the actual FBI and agent that was there on the ground. We have the surviving spouse. We have the survivor of the attempted murder. So it's really incredible details that you've never heard before, even uh -huh. if it's a case you're familiar with. And it's really in this compelling 
light that is just absolutely gripping. So I have, cool. I have, I know without a doubt, if you give it a shot, you'll be hooked. There you go. Emily Campagno is in studio. I always wanted to ask you this because we, we, we watch a lot of football together and, you know, we drink and we heckle and yell at the refs and stuff like that. But as someone with the legal acumen do you have that you have, do you ever find yourself like watching a court case on TV and yelling at the TV for like someone doing something you shouldn't do in the courtroom or something? I'm always yelling. You know, I mean, I'm <laughs> That's literally true. always yelling at the TV. It could be a commercial for peanut butter and I'm yelling. <laughs> but yes, yes, I do. I do. Come on, often. Jerry. <laughs> you call that a cross-examination? Does that go on? That's funny. Yeah, especially when I'm, I mean, yeah, especially when I'm with other attorneys too. Me and Judge Janine yesterday, we were on set with Martha. Uh, we were all watching the trial coverage together of the double murder trial yeah. of Murdoch. And we were, it was like, like we, should, we could have been throwing stuff at the screen <laughs> the way that we were talking about it. But yeah, of course. I love that. Uh, so the Emily Campagna, the Fox True Crime podcast, it comes out on Tuesdays. This Tuesday, you could download it. You could hear Emily in action. Uh, talking to people with actual close personal physical relationships to these cases. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube, which is a lot of fun. You know what I mean? So they, get, they feel like they're riding along, you know? They have like a, it's weird. You have like a, an all access, like a backstage pass. You know what I mean? You didn't even have to give weed to a bouncer. You just went backstage. It's amazing. I don't, I don't even have to slip a 20 to anyone. Like, this is brand new for me. It's so great, you guys, because it's all free content. And as Jimmy said, so my episodes, there's two episodes that are already out. And you can, the, the benefit to watching on YouTube is that you get to see, of course, the person and connect with them in that visual way. But we also have a lot of video. So, for example, the second episode, um, in 2013, in Alabama, there was a man who shot a school bus driver dead in front of 21 kids on the bus and then kidnapped one of the children, a special needs child, and held him hostage in a bunker that took him a year to build for seven days. And in that seven days that gripped the nation, you know, everyone was watching as this man had this child kidnapped in a bunker that he had rigged with improvised explosive devices. Oh, my goodness. Federal, state, local law enforcement came together in um, a incredible display of teamwork and ultimately to an explosive resolution of this case. And the FBI agent that I spoke with, retired agent Kyle Vowinkle, he was the lead hostage negotiator and he That's was the one that... you, you can't tell them anymore because I need them to download the podcast. Oh, sorry. But all, and all the video is on the YouTube. Thank you! And the other benefit to watching on the YouTube is you can see when they had to bleep out an expletive. <laughs> You won't know when you're listening, but if you watch the video, you'll see the hand gestures. Emily Campagna, the best of the best. We're back after this. Oh, my God. It is Fox Across America. With Jimmy Fallon. The one thing about booking Emily Campagno on the show is she's not leaving when the hit's over. Get her out. Get her out of here. We just, security has forcefully removed Ms. Campagno from the studio. Hopefully they went nice and she looks fine on Outnumbered tomorrow. Joining us now on the show, someone who always looks fine. In fact, he is a self-described prison 10. That is the title of his new comedy special. We're talking about Diamond Dave Landau. Hey, girl. Hey, baby. You know what I'm saying? How about, by the yeah, way, right. before we even start this interview, okay, let's acknowledge the fact that you and I were on live television together last Thursday and we're both still employed. I'm shocked. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> Go ahead. I, I I thought at least one or two were going to get me in trouble, and I didn't get. I, I I got invited back. Let's talk about that. Not only was I not banned from your network, I'm allowed back. <laughs> it, was, it was a great moment when we went live, and I just like I looked at myself in the camera lens, and I was like, "It was a good run, kid." <laughs> yeah, yeah it's the first thing you said. It's like, well. It was worth it, I guess, for a while. <laughs> it's it's never happened to me before where I looked at the camera and I actually saw a taxi meter flashing before my eyes instead of <laughs> instead of what I was supposed to be reading as a host. But no, we did it. Yeah. We lived to tell the tale, Dave Landau. Um, I'm, I was uh, grateful you had me on. Thank okay, you, my friend. You stop it. Um, no. You, you butter me up, girlfriend. We've got some serious stuff to get into. Um, there, are other, there are other honors to be bestowed. Uh, some of them are women's honors that are being bestowed upon men. So Hershey is celebrating International Women's Day with a guy in a costume as the front person. Um, I, do you, I find that insulting to biological women. Where do you weigh in? Well, I prefer a good he-him bar. <laughs> Yeah, and, like uh, what? What? What does become of Mister Goodbar? Is it Zier Goodbar? What are we doing here? I don't know. Does the Hershey have nuts? Um, <laughs> it is. There it is. It does now. It does now. Uh, yeah, I heard it was uh, you know a lot of backlash in Canada, and I saw that, and it, it is odd. It, you know, I think I think the craziest thing now is the best way to support women is by letting men be them. (laughs) I don't really know how else to put that. It's like, that's what we're doing. I mean, we really, I do think it is kind of offensive to biological women. If that's who we're celebrating, that's who should probably be celebrating that day. Uh And then if we celebrate trans people, we can do that that day. And men will get Father's Day. And that's that's the day we get where nobody, you know, we don't get to do what we want. Yeah. (laughs) Dave Landau is on the phone. But yes, essentially what we're saying is on Native American Heritage Day, they're going to put Elizabeth Warren on the candy bar. (laughs) Well, yes, of course. (laughs) 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 Use her cookbook. Yeah. have an alcohol with her, I believe is what she called it. A beer. She She goes, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that when she goes, I'm going to have a beer. And then her husband walks into the kitchen and she acted startled. She's like, what are you doing here? And he was like, "Uh, yeah, I live here. Like it was just it's so painfully inauthentic. Like when they try to act like there's a connection with any type of minority community, marginalized community, it always is a reflection of the fact that they don't have the relationship. Like, do you remember when Jill Biden called bodegas bogadas? Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) Well, yeah, you've never actually been in one. If you Elizabeth wore one, the husband just walked in, never seen her with a beer. He was like, oh, we're going to do this. All right. That's great. Yeah, you just keep it up. Runs with no chance. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. That's true. Good line. No, it's true. Well, they just have no idea. They have no they have no connection to any of these things. And and that's what. I hate the idea of like we're just an everyman. You're you're not. We know you're not. Just pretend you're. Just stop. Yes, they're in, they're in every them. It's so embarrassing. Yeah, but and every day. But yeah, and every day. But that's the thing. It's like it's so weird because what I think is going on right now is I think actual biological women don't want to push back against this because they are afraid of being perceived as intolerant, and they've seen J.K. Rowling 
J.K. Rowling, if you if you see the bile aimed at her online, aimed at her out there in the world, and literally the only thing she said is that men can't have babies, which is yes. an acknowledged fact of life up until about 15 minutes ago by literally every human being alive. Monty Python did a sketch about this in 1975. Mr. Rogers sang a song about it that I played you in 1970. Um, obviously, yeah. we've seen the South Park episode. Do you remember when um, Sasha Baron Cohen had his Showtime series about America like four, uh, excuse me, five years ago? I do. Yeah. So, so five years ago, it was considered in the season finale the height of absurdity because he's an absurdist. Obviously, he's poking fun at groups of people that, you know, have no self-awareness. If you remember Sasha Baron Cohen, um, who's pretty liberal, by the way closed his series by pretending he was a man and that well, not pretending he was a man, but pretending he could get pregnant. And the conceit of the sketch was that the woke left was going to get so far out of control. They were going to start pretending men could give birth. Now this was considered absurdity five years ago, but it is reality right now. It absolutely is. And what I, with the JK Rowling thing, Everybody looks at her, it's like, oh, yeah, but you created Wizards and Harry Potter. It's like, yeah, but they're not in the biography section. <laughs> they're, she's saying that it's, it's made up exactly like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. That's the part. Yeah. I, yeah, the whole thing is absurd. And then even angry about a candy bar, like, I, I get it. I, I, I just, it's a candy bar anyway. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand you're celebrating Women's Day. That's who it should be for. But I guess if you're so angry at white men, why do you keep celebrating them as long as they just pretend they're not men? (laughs) Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the workaround. It's like we can thin out the white man herd. We don't have to call for violence. We have to call for surgery. Maybe that's the angle. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's... I saw a lot of posts that were really messed up yesterday, holding like the candy bar. And it's like, wow, that's great. That's the that's appetizing. <laughs> well, I guess you know what it is too. It makes sense that they would have a trans person being the face of International Women's Day because if you're a candy company, you want the world to look at every day as Halloween. That's true. You want. <laughs> Just, just, yeah, I feel like you'd answer the door and go, how old are you? Just, <laughs> just go. <laughs> just, we're trick-or-treating year-round now. Uh, we're talking to Diamond Dave Landau. We're getting worked up over here. Did you see the Biden Naughty Nurses clip? And if you didn't, I can play it for you. Um, I would like you to play it anyway, but I did. Okay. Let's, <laughs> I want you to listen to this, and I want you to ponder a theory. Okay? And I want the listeners playing along at home to ponder this theory. So here is Biden. He's talking about a nurse that would come in the room and do things to him that you don't teach in nursing school, which we can offer a take on that when it's done. But tell me these aren't the words of a man who forgot to delete his search history on the computer because he's clearly speaking to like a naughty nurse's video he watched five minutes ago. And I don't think anyone in the room was astute enough to get it because he tries to pivot to COVID and everything else. But I submit this to you, Diamond Dave, and the audience as well. Josh, you take it away. And I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. <laughs> you can She'd stop it. In my ear. <laughs> oh, she would. Yes, yeah, she would whisper in my ear. She would breathe in my nose. Is that not a guy who was watching Naughty Nurses Five? Of course it was. It was. Well, yeah, he's talking about the height of when he would sneak in to a VHS rental place <laughs> and just leave with a stack of them. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's just <laughs> Yeah, this is not something they teach in nursing school. What's that? Me asking for a sponge bath constantly. <laughs> Biden was going he was going behind the curtain. Do you remember in the eighties when you went to a video store and they had the naughty stuff behind a curtain? Oh, absolutely. And you and your friends would try to sneak back there, but they wouldn't let you because Joe Biden was back there. <laughs> Not now. We've got a Delaware senator back there, kid. Wait your turn. <laughs> Joe Biden was watching <laughs> Naughty Nurses on Beta. He was watching it on Betamax. He had it on Laserdisc. Oh, He's my Just God. walking out. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. This, well, what is he talking like? He was already known as a pervert. That's what I think is funny. Like, if you even think back to what he was being ripped on for mm-hmm. during even the Obama administration, it was that he was always kind of a pervert. Yep. And then we sort of just forgot about that. And he slips constantly where he reminds everybody that that's exactly who he is. Oh, it's so true. Because you want to know whose behavior he's really re- he's really describing. It's his own. When he says she would whisper in my ear, she would breathe into my nose and look me in the eyes. I once saw him. I'll tell you a story. Uh, One one of my buddies, I don't want to put him in a bad spot, but he's a warm-up show. He's a warm-up comic for a late-night show, which, by the way, means he's already in a bad spot. (laughs) Yes, which means, yeah. So what you're saying is he's on antidepressants? (laughs) One of my buddies who's going to hang himself in a La Quinta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my (laughs) My buddy who keeps a toaster next to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) So one of my buddies was doing warm-up for a late-night show. Um, it wasn't even specifically the show he's on, but they he was filling in, and they were doing an they were doing a week in DC, and Biden was on the show, and I had stopped by a taping where Biden was on the show as the then vice president, and when he was walking backstage to go to the set. A woman was like a girl who's on the staff, a younger girl was like, we love you, Mr. Biden. And he stopped, dude. He looked her in the eyes with an earshot of no, unless you were like standing two feet from the exchange, you didn't hear it, which means he was whispering to a girl. And he goes, he goes, please. He goes, call me Joe and looked her right in the eyes. And I was like, oh, that's a guy who gets laid on the road. I mean, at the time, he probably said, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Absolutely you. Absolutely, it is. Guy with a, it's a guy with a. It's a guy with a. Another guy next to him was like, "Hey, hey, uh, Joe." He's like, uh, "You can call me Mr. Biden, or not call me at all." <laughs> well, you know what the worst part about that story is? <laughs> now he's probably still doing it, but he leans in and gets his name wrong. He's like, "Please, yeah. <laughs> call me Frank." Call me Frank. Yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> and so yeah. she's like, she's like, I'm just confused. What's going on here? It's like, I, I, I am too. Who, you, what are you? Do I salute you? My earpiece. Yeah, well, now too, it like that he says, like, yeah, she would lean in, whisper in my ear, say things. It's like, but what were those things? It's like, I don't know, mainly health because my hand was on the back of her head, <laughs> pushing her towards me. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. yeah. It, it sounded like a whisper only because he's hard of hearing. Oh, it's, it was more scream. She was actually yelling. <laughs> shouting for help. <laughs> Get off me, you dirtbag. Yeah, please, someone. Secret service. And anyone who'll tell you with a background in nursing, by the way, old men love, love groping nurses. That's a thing. 
old men love a good yes. they love a good nurse and uh you know a lot of if you're you know you're old you're getting your you know you're firing shots they say if you go down your gun's got to be empty so a lot of men yes. get very perverted later in life unfortunately and uh they air out you know a lot of their material on on nurses you know young female nurses and uh I don't doubt in some world, because when he was given that speech yesterday, he was supposed to be talking about health care, and he just wandered off into some weird perversion, because I, 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 he's at an age where guys do that. I, we were watching like an actual, you know, I don't like to use the term brain fart. I'm not a guy who says the terminology, but we were watching a variation of that sort of thing where he conflated one behavior with another. Absolutely. And I mean, it really is an old folks home kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And while he's talking about healthcare, the first thing his mind goes to is just, yeah, you know, I think everybody should have a, I don't know, a sexy nurse, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you can have a... <laughs> oh, you know, wow. I say two at a time. You know, anybody? Oh, wait, <laughs> what are you, COVID. Is this thing on? Uh, he's surrounded by oh, little no. kids on stage. He's <laughs> like, what's going yeah, on? Like, <laughs> like, but this is the president. And it's so funny because, like, here's the Trump thing. Trump was very combative. Like, he would go on Twitter. He would pick fights. You know, he would call out petty things. Like, he'd fight with SNL. He'd fight with TV anchors. Like, he was petty, and he was doing that. And it was jarring because we had never seen a president do that in real time. But I don't consider that remotely as jarring as something we don't really pay any mind to. Like, we talk about Biden. People on the right talk about Biden. But most of the country is really not indulging this as a subject. And you absolutely should be. You know, when the president says we've got to choose between unity and shmagadahamadaha, that's not normal. And it's not something that we should be just giving a free pass to, Diamond Dave. No, I totally agree. When you can't complete a sentence and the sentence even does start with something where you go, okay, well, we should hear what he has to say about health care. And it's like, oh, then I would grab the nurse and she has how to. <laughs> Pop the scotch and then breasts and, you know, <laughs> and then whispers and then, oh, the COVID. You're like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you just said. You sound like Bill Cosby having four strokes. If you, if, think, about, <laughs> think about that. If, if you got pulled over by a cop and spoke the way Joe Biden speaks, you would get taken out of the car for a field sobriety test. Oh, absolutely. And believe me, he, he would fall out of the car. We didn't have to do anything with drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and this is our president. What a time to be alive, Diamond Dave. Where are you on the road next? Oh, uh, I will be uh, in uh, Vegas uh, this coming week at Braggart's Comedy Club. And then I'm off to, uh, at the end of the month, you can see me in Greenville, South Carolina. At the comedy Club. That's a hottie. But Brad Garrett's in Vegas, a hottie. Uh, I'm in. Dude, I love that place. Yeah, no, Where it's are you a- going. Uh, I don't mean to compete, but I am performing in Seattle tomorrow night on my Tent City tour. You know, are you doing Seattle or are you doing Chaz? Federal. <laughs> I couldn't get my uh, my passport doesn't get me into Chaz, the pretend country. So I'm at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center. But with any luck, I'll get be granted some type of dual citizenship, so I can go to the abandoned building museum and the burnt down police station. It's always fun for the kids, you know. <laughs> yeah, like it. Good times. Yeah, you just want to bring them along and show them what success looks like. <laughs> Look, Lincoln. <laughs> you see this? This is called victory. Watch where you step. Yeah. There's a there's a human turd on the sidewalk. Watch it there. Sorry. 
What? Yeah. What does it say about that's a person? I meant when I said what? What does it say about this about Seattle that the Space Needle now has a substance inside of it that you inject into your arm? (laughs) Jesus, not good, Diamond Dave. Not good. You're the best. We'll talk soon. Be well, brother. Thank you, friend. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. But when the radio party ends, the TV party begins. I will be on Kennedy tonight at 7 p.m. on the East Coast with Kennedy. And this time tomorrow, tickets will officially be on sale. 10 a.m. tomorrow, tickets go on sale for the first four shows of the Laughs and Liberty Tour featuring me and Kennedy. I'm talking about May 6th in Reading, Pennsylvania, May 20th in Clearwater, Florida, June 10th in Mesa, Arizona, and, of course, June 24th at the Lexington Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky. So me and the K-Train are hitting the road. You're all welcome to come see us. Uh, you can also see us on the television tonight. And you can see me on the Sean Hannity Show tonight, 9 o'clock in front of a live studio audience. Your radio buddy will be there classing things up, going head-to-head with the Sean man. It is going to be a banger. But however you spend your night, uh, fine by me, man. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.